Welcome to our podcast today on A Course in Miracles. We're so happy to have you with us. And this is section 7 in chapter 8, The Body as a Means of Communication. Attack is always physical. When attack in any form enters your mind, you are equating yourself with a body, since this is the ego's interpretation of the body. You do not have to attack physically to accept this interpretation. You are accepting it simply by the belief that attack can get you something you want. If you did not believe this, the idea of attack would have no appeal to you. When you equate yourself with a body, you will always experience depression. Hmm. When a child of God thinks of himself in this way, he is belittling himself and seeing his brothers as similarly belittled. Since he can find himself only in them, he has cut himself off from salvation. Interesting, it's all about attack, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's about bodies, identifying with the body. You know, uh, I am my body kind of thing. And then once we've done that, that's an attack on ourself. And then we use the body to attack others. And we identify with other people through our attacks on them. Mm. <laughs> Remember that the Holy Spirit interprets the body only as a means of communication. Being the communication link between God and his separated sons, the Holy Spirit interprets everything you have made in the light of what it, he is. The ego separates through the body. The Holy Spirit reaches through it to others. You do not perceive your brothers as the Holy Spirit does because you do not regard bodies solely as a means of joining minds and uniting them with yours and mine. This interpretation of the body will change your mind entirely about its value. Of itself, it has none. Yeah, well, it's saying the purpose of the body is to help you join other minds, right? Mm -hmm. So you use the body to show that it's minds that are joined and that's a means then you're using the body as a means of communication and communication it's like the root of that word is communion or joining mm -hmm. so what is it that can join uh, well bodies don't really join I mean I suppose the closest you come to joining bodies is is sex you know in a in an act of sex that's the closest you would come to bodies being joined but even that it's like you're communicating the love in the mind between two minds you know so it's still it's a means of communication and what can join our minds in fact when you're with your true mind you see that your mind is already joined with your brother's mind mm -hmm. so you're using the body to communicate that if you use the body for attack it's harmful to you if you use it only to reach the minds of those who believe they are bodies and teach them through the body that this is not so, you will understand the power of the mind that is in you. If you use the body for this and only this, you cannot use it for attack. 
In the service of uniting, it becomes a beautiful lesson in communion, which has value until communion is. Hmm. This is God's way of making unlimited what you have limited. The Holy Spirit does not see the body as you do because he knows the only reality of anything is the service it renders God on behalf of the function he gives it. Okay. Communication ends separation. Attack promotes separation. There you go. Yeah, that's the one I always like to quote. Communication promotes separation. Attack no, and communication ends separation. Okay. Communication, communication ends separation. separation. Attack promotes separation. Attack promotes separation. The body is beautiful or ugly, peaceful or savage, helpful or harmful, according to the use to which it is put. And in the body, another you will see the use, and in the body of another, you will see the use to which you have put yours. If the body becomes a means you give to the Holy Spirit to use on behalf of your union of the sonship, you will not see anything physical except as what it is. Use it for truth, and you will see it truly. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Last night we watched this uh, documentary on Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was kind of quoted as saying, "I'm, I'm not so much into politics what I'm really into is people mm -hmm. and and you could tell that yeah. from her whole life it's like she was engaged in her love for people and what were their situations that government could help help with you know mm -hmm. um, what what decisions could government make that would help people and she was she was passionately uh, interested in the plight of many people you know and she's she's from you know high society New York upper class mm -hmm. um, but you know her parents died when she was really young and his, her father was an alcoholic and uh, she wasn't as pretty as her mother and and her aunts and that family so she was kind of put down as a ugly duckling as a child and um so she she had a lot of adversity and loneliness in her early childhood and and she overcame it yeah she you know did. she overcame it in her love for like people and people who were suffering especially you know she wanted to try to relieve their suffering somehow and and she was just uh, an amazing human being yeah and you know Tara Singh met her uh, and became her friend mm -hmm. and I remember him saying that she and and he used to go to the movies together oh, really? in New York you oh, know wow. and so he had her as a personal friend and um, and she really affected his life mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and that was a time when the uh, 
United Nations was forming and Eleanor Roosevelt was the head of the American delegation that formed the the kind of United Nations Bill of Rights for people and her work was very vibrant at that time in the 50s, you know, mm -hmm. and that's when he knew her mm -hmm. in New York and it it was good to see, and she was all about communication. Yeah, all about communication, mm -hmm. and all about people, and that's what this section is saying. The body is a means of communication. Yeah. Okay. Misuse the body, and you will misunderstand it because you have already done so by misusing it. Interpret anything apart from the Holy Spirit, and you will mistrust it. This will lead you to hatred and attack and loss of peace. Yet all loss comes only from your own misunderstanding. Loss of any kind is impossible. But when you look upon a brother as a physical entity, his power and glory are lost to you, and so are yours. You have attacked him, but you must have attacked yourself first. Do not see him this way for your own salvation, which must bring him his. Do not allow him to belittle himself in your mind, but give him freedom from his belief in littleness and thus escape from yours. As part of you, he is holy. As part of me, you are. To communicate with part of God himself is to reach beyond the kingdom to its creator through his voice, which he has established as part of you. Okay. Rejoice then that of yourself you can do nothing. You are not of yourself. He of whom you are has willed your power and glory for you with which you can perfectly accomplish his holy will for you when you accept it for yourself. He has not withdrawn his gifts from you, but you believe you have withdrawn them from him. Let no son of God remain hidden for his name's sake because his name is yours. I think I'll read this one more page and then there's so much here I'm going to just do this tomorrow I think over here. Okay. The Bible says the word or thought was made flesh. Strictly speaking, this is impossible since it seems to involve the translation of one order of reality into another. Different orders of reality merely appear to exist, just as different orders of miracles do. Thought cannot be made into flesh except by belief, and since, since thought is not physical, yet thought is communication for which the body can be used. This is the only natural use to which it can be put. To use the body unnaturally is to lose sight of the Holy Spirit's purpose and thus to confuse the goal of his curriculum. There is nothing so frustrating to a learner as a curriculum he cannot learn. His sense of adequacy suffers and he must become depressed. Being faced with an impossible learning situation, the most depressing thing in the world. Being faced with an impossible learning situation is the most depressing thing in the world. In fact, it is ultimately why the world itself is depressing. The Holy Spirit's curriculum is never depressing because it's a curriculum of joy. Whenever the reaction to learning is depression, it's because the true goal of the curriculum has been lost sight of. Okay. Yeah, okay, well, the purpose is to communicate, and the purpose is to communicate joy. You know, that's the the body as a means of communication. Yeah, I think it's good we stay on this for a couple of days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, what what is it we're using the body for? Well, we're using it to communicate joy. 
And if we're not doing that, then we're not aligned with the Holy Spirit's purpose. And we're depressed, basically, it mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the nature of the world because it, it's, uh, it's not communicating joy. All right, what, what do you want to read next? Um, maybe what is the body? Should we read that? Yeah, okay. The body is a fence the Son of God imagines he has built to separate parts of his self from other parts. It is within this fence that he thinks he lives. So it's like to a... To die. It's like a fenced-off yeah. area. To die as it decays and crumbles. For within this fence, he thinks that he is safe from love. Identifying with his safety, he regards himself as what his safety is. How else could he be certain he remains within the body, keeping love outside? The body will not stay, yet this he sees as double safety. For the Son of God's impermanence is proof his fences work and do the task his mind assigns to them. For if his oneness still remain untouched, who could attack and who could be attacked? Who could be a victor and who could be his prey? Who could be a victim? Who could be the murderer? And if he did not die, what proof is there that God's eternal Son can be destroyed? Yeah, so by dying and not letting the body stay, we're proving we can be destroyed, right? The body is a dream like other dreams. It sometimes seems to picture happiness, but can quite suddenly revert to fear where every dream is born. For only love creates in truth, and truth can never fear. Made to be fearful, must the body serve the purpose given it? But we can change the purpose of the body, we can change the purpose that the body will obey by changing what we think it's for. The body is the means by which God's Son returns to sanity. Through, Though it was made to fence him into hell without escape, yet has the goal of heaven been exchanged for the pursuit of hell. The Son of God extends his hand to reach his brother and to help him walk along the road with him. Now is the body holy. Now it serves to heal the mind that was made to kill. You will identify with what you think will make you safe. Whatever it may be, you will believe that it is one with you. Your safety lies in truth, not in lies. Love is your safety. Fear does not exist. Identify with love and you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find your real self. Yeah. That's yeah, good. well, that's the purpose of the body is to communicate who you are, which you identify with love, right? Mm. That's what it said. It's interesting. It said that like three or four times there at the end. You identify with love and you are safe. Mm-hmm. And, and love isn't something that can be fenced in, you know, it's unlimited. Love is an unlimited force and of, of, of unification, really. You know, love is joining. Love is all oneness, right? So if that's what you're using the body to communicate, then it's not the body ceases to become a fence and it's just 
like we read, a tool for communication. It's it's a, it's a means in this physical dimension for me to communicate. I am love, and you are love, and we're joined. And that's that's all you need to know about the yeah. body. And if you're using it for anything but that, then it's an attack. It's like a it's a tool of attack and. What did it say? Like the Holy Spirit is to uh, deny the separation and the ego wants to reinforce the separation, something like that. So same with the body. It's like, well, you can use the body to um, join your mind with someone else, other minds, or you can use the body for separation. You know, what are you going to communicate? Separation or joining? Yeah. Love or fear? You know, when you get right down to it. All okay, right. let's put on. Well, the... it's Babaji's Samadhi Day. And... Got to do the RT. Yeah. All righty then. This is ode number one hundred two. Mother of my new day. Mother of my new day, let the light you give be my total illumination, dispelling all the darkness of my long night, that sleep of my soul that swept over me for eons prior, keeping me unaware of my total innocence. You are the epitome of grace that restores myself to its true awareness. You give me strength of reason to sort my mind and dispel all self-judgment. You give me strength to change my thoughts from those that hurt to ones that offer only joy and healing. Let forgiveness be the function now of my time on earth. Let the light of acceptance guide my steps along my way to you. I rest in the certainty that you will transmute my errors to miracles and hand me back your true correction and the delight of a new birth of innocence. Mother of my new day, you are the force that gives all life the power to extend itself eternally. You grant me immortality in my actions of praise to your ultimate reality. Let my gaze focus only on your pure joy, the only state befitting of my response to you. Let not my mind waver into doubt or despair, but rather be the tool of your presence on earth, the great reservoir that holds your thoughts safely to be communicated to all of your creation. I give my new day to you. Inspire my words and deeds totally, that none are bereft of your true guidance. Give me peace in all my movements. Om Shanti Om. Wow, that's amazing. I want you to read that one this weekend, too. Okay. At the end of each day, I want you to read a couple, okay? Okay, I can do that. Uh, Yeah, I was just thinking uh, recently that, you know, there was a period where I was memorizing some of these odes. And, um, you know, when I think of Taylor Swift, you know, she has to memorize all those songs yeah, and for three hours 
you know, like perform it, mm -hmm. and that uh, that could be something I could aspire to. Yeah, to memorize enough of my odes that I could give a concert. Oh like uh, yeah, I would be mind blown for two or three hours. It would be mind blowing. Even even in, even two hours would be plenty. It would be mind blowing for sure. I like it. Okay. Let's meditate and see what we get. Is it turned on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think the most important thing for me today in my mantra breathing was that I consciously verbalized to the Divine Mother my intention to surrender completely, even though I didn't know how or what it would mean. But I actually did that as a prayer and as a, you know, like never before did I have such a strong intention total surrender and that I think is working you know I'm feeling like maybe I'm finally letting go relief is coming to this big process I've been in and um, and so for me stating that out loud or stating that intention I've never done it at such a deep level as I did today. Yeah, well, um, I think we've had directions before. You know, I think of like Lesson 233, I give my life to God to guide today. Right. Well, what would that be like if you truly had done that? You know, I think it's what you're describing. You know, you give your life to the Divine Mother for guidance, for inspiration for help for healing and you know it's like we have to reach some point where that surrender is total yeah total and yeah and I think well, that's what you were experiencing today I have today. said I give my life to God to guide a day but it for some reason it's different to say I want total surrender that for me I had to say that to break through something yeah. And, okay. You know, I give my life to God. To God is today is good, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, when I said today, I want total surrender, even if I don't know how to do it. That's my goal. I, I think that broke me through something. Yeah. Well, be vigilant in all you know, for God and His kingdom. Mostly is to be vigilant to keep out your own agenda yeah, you know yeah. like if you're giving your life to god to guide and then you're turning around and you have your own plan it's it's like that's what you have to be careful that's you need vi vigilance to not let your own plan get in there somehow yeah you know and and uh stay in that uh empty space of of surrender or total surrender well I can't believe how much resistance I've had to total surrender and I think I'm getting closer to being able to do it yeah okay and I think that's the answer to staying young and you know and giving is giving up your ego is the way you're going to get rejuvenated So yes. people want rejuvenation, and they do all these techniques, but they aren't giving up their ego. So that's not—it's just temporary. 
you, you have to let go of your ego to stay in that rejuvenation energy, I think. Mm. Yeah, the innocence of a child, you know. Mm. And well, I'm glad you came to those realizations today. Okay, that's it. Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles. We're continuing with Chapter 8, Section uh, The Body is a Means of Communication. The Body is a Means of Communication. Section 7, is Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, okay. Okay, the Bible says the word or thought was made flesh. Strictly speaking, this is impossible since it seems to involve the translation of one order of reality into another. Different orders different orders of reality merely appear to exist just as different orders of miracles do. Thought cannot be made into flesh except by belief, since thought is not physical. Yet thought is communication for which the body can be used. This is the only natural use to which it can be put. To use the body unnaturally is to lose sight of the Holy Spirit's purpose and thus to confuse the goal of his curriculum. So did you understand that? Well, the body is a tool to communicate the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. And thought isn't actually made flesh, but it's like you're using the flesh in the service of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. There is nothing so frustrating to a learner as a curriculum he cannot learn. His sense of adequacy suffers and he must become depressed. Being faced with an impossible learning situation is the most depressing thing in the world. In fact, it is ultimately why the world itself is depressing. The Holy Spirit's curriculum is never depressing because it is the curriculum of joy. Whenever the reaction to learning is depression, it's because the true goal of the curriculum has been lost sight of. Okay, so let's, you know, just keep it simple. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to communicate joy. Yeah. And if you're not communicating that, then you're depressed. <laughs> and that's and, what you can talk about today in your and, lecture. Uh, uh-huh. You know, your, your choice in the matter is everything. Like, you know, we listened to this talk by Joel Osteen the other night, and he was saying... You have to think yourself happy. It's not how you feel. You will feel how you think you're going to feel. Yeah. So you're in charge of how you feel. And if you use the body to feel joy, then you're using it in alignment with the Holy Spirit. If you're not, then you're making decisions you know, based on something else, on the ego, and you're depressed. Mm. 
And you're doing that to yourself. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit's curriculum is never depressing. It's the curriculum of joy. And that's what you're going to speak on today, I'm sure, when you talk about the Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In this world, not even the body is perceived as whole. Its purpose is seen as fragmented into many functions with little or no relationship to each other so that it appears to be ruled by chaos. Guided by the ego, it is. Guided by the Holy Spirit, it is not. It becomes a means by which a part of the mind you try to separate from spirit can reach beyond its distortions and return to spirit. The ego's temple thus becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit where devotion to him replaces devotion to the ego. In this sense, the body does become a temple of God. His voice abides in it by directing the use to which it is put. Yeah, so the temple, that's what we need to get. We've been devoted to the ego. We need to be devoted to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, you know, often you, people say, well, yeah, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, only if you use it to communicate the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, if you're using it to communicate you know, fear, guilt, or anger, you're communicating the ego. And then the body isn't a temple of anything. It's just uh, chaos, you yeah. know, it says. Healing is the result of using the body solely for communication. Since this is natural, it heals by making whole, which is also natural. All mind is whole. And the belief that part of it is physical or not mind is a fragmented or sick interpretation. Mind cannot be made physical, but it can be made manifest through the physical if it uses the body to go beyond itself. By reaching out, the mind extends itself. It does not stop at the body for it does, for it does, no, by reaching out, the mind extends itself. It does not stop at the body for if it does, it is blocked in its purpose. A mind that has been blocked has allowed itself to be vulnerable to attack because it has turned against itself. Hmm. Okay, so that's another way you would not be using the body in service to the spirit right. is if you use it for attack. Yeah. And see, that's it, it, the Course would even say those are not even real forms of communication mm -hmm. because they promote separation mm -hmm. and communication ends separation. Yeah. So if you're trying to, if you're saying angry things or if you're uh, using the body in a fearful way or a guilty way, you're actually not really communicating. You're breaking the lines of communication. So when you use the body to communicate, it can be only joy. It can be only the Holy Spirit's communication. The removal of blocks then is the only way to guarantee help and healing. Help and healing are the normal expressions of a mind that is working through the body but not in it. If the mind believes the body is its goal, it will distort its perception of the body by blocking its own extension beyond it, will induce illness by fostering separation. 
perceiving the body as a separate entity cannot but foster illness because it is not true. A medium of communication loses its usefulness if it is used for anything else. To use a medium of communication as a medium of attack is an obvious confusion in purpose. Okay, yeah, so we're perceiving our body as something separate, right? Yeah, and we use it for attack. And, and that's when fostering it, our illness. When we use it for attack, it's promoting separation. Yeah. And you're not using the body for what it was designed to be used for, and then it's inevitably going to get sick. Mm. Kind of thing, yeah. To communicate is to join, to attack is to separate, is to separate. That's what that says? Yeah. To communicate is to join, to, join. And to attack is to separate. Okay, well, there you have it. Mm. It's like... And if you if you separate, which is what you do when you use the body to attack, that's not communication because yeah. that's not joining. How can you do both simultaneously with the same thing and not suffer? Perception of the body can be unified only by one purpose. This release, this releases the mind from the temptation to see the body in many lights and give it over entirely to the one light in which it can be really understood. To confuse a learning device with a curriculum goal is a fundamental confusion that blocks the understanding of both. Learning must lead beyond the body to the reestablishment of the power of the mind in it. This can be accomplished only if the mind extends to other minds and does not arrest itself in its extension. This arrest is the cause of all illness because only extension is the mind's function. So th this arrest is the cause of all illness means... Um, well, it's blocked. Yeah. Anything arrested means yeah. it's blocked. It's, you know, yeah. Okay, so should I keep going? Is that enough? No, a let's finish page. it. Let's finish it. The opposite of joy is depression. Well, that we can say for today <laughs> in yeah. our course. The opposite of joy is depression. When your learning promotes depression instead of joy, you cannot be listening to God's joyous teacher and learning his lessons. To see a body as anything except a means of communication is to limit your mind and hurt yourself. Health is therefore nothing more than the united purpose. If the body is brought under the purpose of the mind, it becomes whole because the mind's purpose is one. Attack can only be assumed purpose can attack can only be an assumed purpose of the body because apart from the mind the body has no purpose. Wow. Well, I mean the body's purpose is to communicate joy and to extend beyond itself and to join mm. with other minds. So if you're using it for anything but that, you're going to be depressed, yeah. and then you're going to make the body sick. Yeah, you are not limited by the body, and thought cannot be made flesh. Yet mind can be manifested through the body if it goes beyond it and does not interpret it as limitation. Whenever you see another as limited to or by the body, you are imposing this limit on yourself. Are you willing to accept this when your whole purpose for learning should be an escape from limitation? To conceive of the body as a means of attack and to believe that joy could possibly result is a clear-cut indication of poor learner. 
He has accepted a learning goal in obvious contradiction to the unified purpose of the curriculum and one that is interfering with his ability to accept its purpose as his own. Well, I think we also have to see the subtle ways that we attack. You know, it's not just, oh, like you're angry and you're, you know, pushing somebody around, but if you're criticizing somebody, you're finding fault with them, you're making them wrong for something they did, you're holding the past against them, those are all forms of attack. So we're, we're using the body um, with, with uh, the wrong mind, wrong-mindedness, mm -hmm. you know? And that's what this is trying to tell us. Um, the, the body is just a communication device. Mm -hmm. And what it communicates is your decision. And if you're using it to communicate something that's not um, extending joy and unifying then you're using it as a form of attack, and then that can eventually make the body sick. Joy is unified purpose, and unified purpose is only God's. When yours is unified, it is His. Believe you can interfere with His purpose, and you need salvation. You have condemned yourself, but condemnation is not of God, therefore it is not true. No more are any of its result, seeming results. When you see a brother as a body, you are condemning him because you have condemned yourself. Yet, is, yet if all condemnation is unreal, and it must be unreal since it's a form of attack, then it can have no results. Do not allow yourself to suffer from imagined results of what is not true. Free your mind from the belief that this is possible. It is yeah, do, do not let yourself suffer from imagined results that aren't true. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, only the Course in Miracles could say something like that. Yeah. I mean, to put those words together like that. Re read that sentence again. Do not allow yourself to suffer from imagined results of what is not true. Yeah, well, okay. So if, if you're judging yourself or judging somebody else, and you're getting the results of those judgments, well, you're basing them on something that's not even true. Yeah. So those results even aren't even there in reality. You think they are, but they're not. So it, it's, you have to look at the face of your mistakes and see that because they're not based on truth, they're not really there. They're only illusions. They're mm -hmm. projections. Like if you watch a movie on a screen, it seems like it's there, but then when you turn the projector off, it's not there. It never was there. It was only an illusion of being there. Mm. So that's kind of what this is saying. When you stop using the mind to attack and the body to attack, then you'll see that the results of all that weren't even there. Uh, free your mind from the belief that this is possible. In other words, that you can suffer. Yeah. It is in its complete impossibility lies your only hope for release. But what other hope would you want? 
Freedom from illusions lies only in not believing in them. There is no attack, but there is unlimited communication and therefore unlimited power and wholeness. The power of wholeness is extension. Do not arrest your thought in this world, and you will open your mind to the creation of God. Yeah, and it says freedom from illusion is in seeing that they're not there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's um, yeah, so are we going to do that? That's, that's the question. Are we going to keep Ooh. making the illusions real? Well, I think that's as far as we can go today. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs>